going, everyone? Joe Gagne here. Welcome you to The Big 6-0, Joe vs. the World number 60. My guests today are back for a sequel to one of our most popular shows, continuing our visitation of obscure dead federations. It's Rob Naylor, David Bix. Gentlemen, how you doing? I'm doing good. Rob, how are you? Fantastic. <laughs> That's good news. Today we are revisiting the ICW, or IWCCW, International Championship Wrestling, not to be confused with the Angelo Poffo version. And if you have never seen any of this, uh, don't worry. We'll have plenty to discuss that will keep you entertained. Bix lovingly assembled numerous DVDs of stuff, so we all have something to work with now instead of just our faulty uh, memories. Yeah. So Global, though, for, uh, by, uh, Global, though, was pretty easy just to remember, you, you know, without watching anything. It's yeah, close. this is a, a bit more obscure. I just remember some of the stuff from reading PWI back in the day. I don't know the number of people that have seen this stuff, but... There's enough familiar stuff you can you can latch on to. I can't believe it exists. Like, <laughs> like when I heard we were going to do this, I didn't even think it was fucking out there. It even existed. Now, I guess in New York, maybe it aired a lot more. Yeah. I don't know, but, like, it blew my mind. I, I lived in New England where all this stuff happened. I didn't even know this, this shit yeah, happened. Yeah, yes. It was on a WNDS out of Derry, New Hampshire, I believe. That's right, wow. Channel 26, which was later the home for NWA New England. Yeah, yeah we, we, we didn't get it. Yeah. We didn't get it in Shemokin, Pennsylvania. We did get the NWF, which is kind of a shitty crossbreed at this bed. Because so. Larry Winters did wrestle on that one, so he, he oh. also was an ICW. I actually watched right. a lot of uh, NWF while I was converting these tapes, because these had like, uh, a lot of NWF, a lot of dying AWA, which was actually a lot better than I expected. Hmm. Some hit Herb Abrams EWF, so... Yeah, this is definitely an NWF crossover. Just the wimpy guys alone, you can tell. <laughs> definitely. Wow. Well, for people who don't know what the hell we're talking about, uh, Bix, why don't you kind of fill people in on the Savoldi family yeah, and uh, international championship wrestling? Okay. Well, originally there was a wrestler uh, early in the century, I'll look him up right now, named Jumping Joe Savoldi, who was not related mm-hmm. to the Savoldis. They just took the name from him. But anyway... Uh, started with Angelo Fornini, known as Angelo Savoldi, who, uh, he was a referee, office guy, I think he even a promoter in some towns for the WWF, and he, for whatever, I don't know exactly how it started, but he, along with his sons, started uh, a TV show, I, I'm going to guess around 84, because this is the earliest stuff I have, called International World Wrestling. And from what I've seen, it started with them showing stuff from other promotions, and eventually they started running their own shows, and then in 85, it became International Championship Wrestling, ICW, and it was a very strange, as we'll get into with a lot of things, promotion. Um, They seemed to be friendly with just, with every major promotion, Mm -hmm. especially WWF, um, because they, you know ran there, and WWF hmm. didn't seem to care that they were running in, their, in one of their hometowns. And uh, that's sort of the start of it. Just As an aside about Angelo Savoldi, I have to tell this story because I'll hate myself if I don't. Uh, on the Kayfabe Memories message board a few years ago in the WWF forum, a uh, very old man calling himself Smokey with the screen name Smoe Eater, I guess with the idea being that it would be more credible if he misspelled it, Showed up and said he was a guy who worked in the WWWF office for uh, many years. And 
he said certain things that seemed credible and people believed him for a while. And there was this thread that went on for dozens and dozens and dozens of pages. And he, you know, very badly typed. I believe the story was that he, um, that he was in a nursing home, 90 years old, and having a nurse type for him. But anyway, the belief was it was Angelo Savaldi. So the point that even George Steele, who was the real George Steele, posting on the board said, Angelo, is that you once? So anyway, um, like long story short, one day he makes this claim that when Bruno beat Buddy Rogers, that it was not actually Buddy Rogers. It was his brother acting as a double. Oh, Christ. And people started comparing pictures and, uh, and stuff. And basically the whole thing blew up and people realized he, that whoever it was was a fake in some form, though. I think the belief is now that it was someone who did know someone who worked in the office, but yeah. that they were still stringing people along because there was stuff that people like George Steele found incredible. But anyway, and basically the thread's existence was erased from kayfabe memories and it was never real, spoken of again. Real quick, so we could just get the Savoldis out of our system. Like, Joe Savoldi's dad... Was it Mario or An- Antonio? No, uh, Mario and, and Joe are brothers. Angelo's their dad. Mario Savoldi. Now, did he wrestle? I don't know if Mario, Mario wrestled. Uh, All right, well, Joe fucking sucked. I think that <laughs> the dad was probably a nice enough guy. Here's a funny story I have. So I, I'm watching this shit. Like, I got to, like, DVD 5 and didn't even really notice the commentators. And, like, I knew Fez was one of them because, like, yep. he's pretty distinguishable. And then there was this other jerk-off, and I had no idea who it was. And it I, it looked like Mike Graham if he had, like, a slight case of retardation, and it ended up being Les Thatcher, right? Yeah. Which I was stunned, because Vic sent me this link, and I said, Les Thatcher along with Lou Thez. I'm like, get the fuck out. So, yeah, so it's that guy, too. And then there was, like, this third guy on the one, like, cutaway. I'm like, wow, that's Art Donovan from the King of the Ring pay-per-view commentary <laughs> team. But no, it was actually Savoldi's dad. Angelo Savoldi, as I believe the name would be. And he was very bad, too. Like, Art Donovan is probably better at commentary than Angelo Savoldi. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought Joe Savoldi sucked. Like, obviously, the Von Erics weren't, like, super wrestlers or anything, but they were at least over. Joe Savoldi was kind of over, but, my God, like, I can't... He just was the blackest hole of charisma I've ever <laughs> given to the planet. Like, he really sucked. And even in a team with Austin Isle, he just was very changing, to me at least. I don't know, maybe there's some Joseph Oldie fanatics out there, but I thought... I actually did, I didn't mind Joseph Oldie that much. I thought he was going to be like sub-Greg Gagne, but, you know, as far as like third generation bland guys, he was okay. shitty Brian Blair, Jim Brunzel type, but he just really (laughs) didn't have any fire or pizzazz about him to me. But yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. And I think with Al Perez, he was the less charismatic calf. Yeah. Didn't they call them the Rock and Roll Rockers? Yeah, the Rock and Roll Rockers. God, I, that is awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. That cracked me Fucking up. Yeah, the, uh, they were the Rock and Roll Rockers. I think at some point they may have also been the New York Rockers. But, yeah, the yeah. Rock and Roll Rockers. Rock and Roll Rockers. Jesus but, like, Savoldi never got pushed anywhere that wasn't his dad. He was in UWF for, like, half a cup of coffee, but, like, I think he was out real quick, too. Like, I think 87-ish, 86, Bix, you might remember this, but, like, he was Yeah, he was, yeah he was there. Well, he also worked Florida a little, because he was actually living there, and he got a gig there. I read that he actually got paid better doing the ICW shot for wow. his dad. Hmm. So he would go, uh, so it was worth it for him to fly up from Florida, every, like, for a week, every month or two. And get paid. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me he worked for your, 
Bill Watts, but what does surprise me is that Eric Watts, as far as like son father like wrestlers, was way yeah. better than Joseph Olney. <laughs> I always liked Eric Watts anyway. That's a side story there, but like I never thought he was shitty, but. He shouldn't have beat Rick Rude, let's face it, or Arn Anderson. But, <laughs> you know, I didn't think he was anywhere near as bad as uh, Herb Meltzer thought he was. But wow. it's just me. It was and, awesome uh, when he beat up uh, Arn at the gas station. At the gas station. The- that was tremendous. Yes, with the little child crying and shit. Fantastic. <laughs> and then he got arrested, and the, all the fans were chanting "Dad." Like the entire arena was doing the "Daddy's Boy" chant to the point that on camera, Jesse Ventura and Tony Schiavone started cracking up. Wow, and um, I know that they they were working with uh, the WEC in Puerto Rico. They used the what the Universal title as mm-hmm. their their belt for a while. So you saw Carlos Colon fighting Dory Funk for the belt in like Bangor, Maine. <laughs> yeah, and, but uh, I didn't even realize that there was any connection until we started this DVD watching. And that's yeah. how stupid I am because I grew up reading <laughs> magazine after magazine, and literally the entire WWC roster would be on there. Everything this side of Hugo Savinovich was not like in ICW, and I didn't realize it. But I kind of liked the tie-in. You know, I thought a lot of it was pretty bad. Like the one match that I thought really stood out to me is uh, Randy Rose against Larry Winters. That that was like the. Uh, white bread squash match that you'd see in the 80s. And I like the way the commentators would use terms like barn burner and uh, <laughs> Katie bar the door. Like, you almost, if you had a drinking game to play, it would be great to play with these discs because when they'd bust out the 80s announcing cliche, yeah, sw- yep, really good yep. stuff. One thing from those early shows that I had to include as much as possible of was, because uh, I knew Rob would kill me if I didn't, all of the WWE job, WWF job guys that got pushed, like Rudy Diamond. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, dude, one of the biggest markout moments for me on the entire DVD project was when I saw Lou Fabiano was a job guy. Like, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lou Lightning, Lou Fabiano. Fabiano from the USWA. He's awesome. Him in his fur shirt, and like he, he was in like a tag team match, and he didn't really get to do much, but I definitely appreciated it. And they won... Superstar Graham wrestled some wimpy guy, and I swear to God they said Bob Bradley, but it wasn't the real Bob Bradley. Maybe well, there were at least two of them. Maybe there was, because it wasn't super bad Bob Bradley that was bigger mask or whatever in WWF for a little while when Brady didn't Battle Cat. There you go. Exactly. Battle Cat after Brady Boone left. Yeah, huh. and it was like the worst squash ever, though, because like, Superstar Graham like, walked in the ring, and then like he whipped... The fake Bob Bradley <laughs> off the ropes and gave him a bear hug, and fake Bob Bradley feigned agony and went down. <laughs> and then like Billy Graham cut like a pretty shitty promo. But the cool thing was Curtis Iakea was seen in the background, so nothing with Curtis Iakea in the background can suck. So. Oh yeah, wait, I Curtis Iakea did commentary on at least one match. Yeah, he yeah. was definitely you know reaching senality in this. I mean, he definitely <laughs> didn't seem like he knew where he was, but it's okay. I thought it was pretty good anyway. And he didn't talk about Bengal Tigers, unfortunately, but nah. he, he played the role pretty well. And then another thing was, like, uh, Barry Windham and Micro, I mean, Blackjack Mulligan were, like, the top tag team. <laughs> yes, oh. Yeah, like, I guess Windham got fired when he freaked out and Rotundo stayed. So then I guess I, ICW was like, well, we'll really uh, cherry-pick all the other feds and we'll, you know, net this big score of Barry Windham and Blackjack Mulligan. And they were great as long as they weren't cutting, like, anti-drinking and driving promos. <laughs> which, are, which I put on YouTube, by the way, if anyone wants to look up. I have the oh, wow. Barry yeah. Windham anti-drunk driving promo and the Blackjack Mulligan and Joe 
Tavoldi. Tavoldi would kill a cat for all the Which don't is commit the gayest suicide. thing I've ever seen. Nothing against gays, but my God. <laughs> He's like, hey, hey, Blackjack, can I give you a, a go-behind and a hammerlock? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. What are they trying to get people not to do? And then, like, it was even worse because, like, Ox Baker hits the, sh- hits the scene. And, like, he's giving this big, don't drive drunk because you're going to kill people. What the fuck? Didn't he do a whole career basically based <laughs> off of fucking killing people? I guess it's okay to, like, drink and, like, drive and kill people. But, like, you, you can't kill people with your car, but you can kill them with a hard punch. I don't fucking understand it. Yeah. I, the, the funny, I mean, Barry Windham telling us not to drink and drive. I'm... Not only that, but the, the direct line in the promo was, Hey, guys, don't drink and drive, and you'll always be happy. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, God damn. Actually, and, the thing with uh, Wyndham and Mulligan, I believe, was, and this is probably one of my favorite ICW stories, Kevin Sullivan was booking Florida and ICW at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you he brought tell. in a bunch of the Florida guys. You had uh, Wyndham, Mulligan, Sullivan. Uh, yeah, Lewin. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe those... did shit. You could tell on this, unless they just aired stuff from Florida. But like they were re- they were rehashing like a lot of the shit that was done in Florida. They just did here too. Yeah. No. I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely interesting. I remember uh, Woman was on there. I remember Woman, and they had the. I never knew Sullivan and uh, Purple Haze came out to uh, Perfect Strangers. The deep. Yeah. 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 That was fucking awesome. That was like the best entrance on the entire thing, this side of Adrian Street. Yeah, that's depressing seeing a young Nancy. Sullivan yeah, it was very angel. depressing because she's looking like, oh. so hot, and you're like, oh god. It's like you can't oh, even yeah. get excited. You're like, man. What <laughs> Every freaking wrestling podcast from the last month has to come back to it in some way. Yeah. Anyway, though, on another a- wimpy guy though. I gotta break in. Mark yep. Reagan is fucking awesome. I don't know <laughs> if anyone remember it. Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts had a match against, like, the world's greatest blackbirds. Mark oh, Reagan, yeah. I thought guy. that was... I'm like, I look at that match, I'm like, oh, big time squash. Yeah. But they made him look like a billion dollars. I'm like... Mark is, Reagan is this... rocks. Whatever happened yeah. to him is the biggest question mark out of all these DVDs. Because he was, I guess, one of those guys only trained or something. And he was, uh, like, a UWF wimpy oh. guy. But, like, he had these tassels and shit on this. And, like, <laughs> it looked like he was going to beat Gordy and Buddy more than they were beating his ass. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But how he's that not a superstar awesome. astounds me. That match, by the way, was from Florida TV, just to enhance the oh. confusion that everyone... Totally okay. great, because that's how, as, as I was watching and I was thinking, okay, Jeff Rates and the Angel of Death, this is UWF and not ICW. <laughs> but I just figured since ICW was so fucked up with their TV, they probably were just like, eh, let's just air other companies and not... Like, like, it was cool because you'd watch like a 1990 ICW show, it would open and like Vic Steamboat would hit the big shittiest crossbody on Kenny <laughs> Alice to win the belt. Yeah. And like, <laughs> then they'd open it with the Boston Bad Boy, let's take it to the ring and like they'd be going to like a Bruiser Brody squash I'm like hey wasn't he dead by now and like you watch it and like it was totally out of order but at the same time great because it was just so ridiculously either shitty or good I don't really know if I liked it or not but it's definitely worth talking about for me the yeah. highlights from their first year that would be absolutely the sheep herders oh yeah the sheep herders are always awesome and you know they, they have like several matches where they just beat the crap out of Joseph Oldie and Al Perez which is good times. And yeah. uh, and and Bob Backlund's cardboard belt. Mm. Yo, okay, check it. The Bob Which, Backlund, which also I put on YouTube if anyone wants to look it up after. If you want Please. To look it up. That's right. Yeah, people need to see this shit. First of all, I have to, 
this yeah. guy came off more retarded than Cronus at this stage. Like, he'd walk around. <laughs> he'd walk around with his thumb up, going, "Yay, uh, yay!" And like he seriously looked like he wasn't all there, right? And it was just horrible. And like he'd have little kids following him, which is creepy. And like, and I don't understand. That's the way they did things back in the eighties. You know, it was supposed to be creepy. But like, he, then he, the greatest thing is he's wrestling Johnny Rods, who, for all of those yep. that don't know, was like one of the best wimpy guys ever. And, like, he was, like, the New York wimpy guy. So, like, he trained all these people like Tommy Dreamer and Devon Dudley and shit. But he really was just an afterthought to any real wrestling fan in the 80s. And, like, he was so horrible on WWF as far as always seen losing. Like, he was good at what he did, but he always lost. And the yep. dickhead commentator, who I'm guessing was Les Thatcher, goes, Johnny Rods versus Bob Backlund, folks. A match you could only see here in the ICW. I'm like cracking the fuck up. I'm like, are you kidding me? This match could be like in my basement if I wanted it right now. And like, then it was even better because the match was not not good whatsoever. But like, all of a sudden, like Dr. D. David Schultz comes and saves the day and starts kicking the shit out of everyone within eyesight. And some fan hits the ring, fucking shit cans the fan. It's so good. Like, I loved it. Don't forget, Bob Backlund was wearing, like, a Johnson family oil and heating yeah, yeah. the way to the ring. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Exactly. Is that where he's working now? <laughs> he's not an ICW? Yeah, it's and great. Then he, the cardboard belt. Carried, yeah, his, he had belts made by, I think, like, Mrs. Lewin's third grade class. To, and he carried these belts around and, sh- and held them up. And this really was, like, Cronus level. I g- did like the I fact think. that, like, the commentators were, like, that man holds that cardboard proud, and he would rather have that than 10 pounds of gold, which really made you really believe he was truly a simpleton. But honestly, it probably espoused great feelings and love from the fans back then, but watching it now, I think it definitely uh, skipped a generation. I just was like, all right, great. And when Dr. D hit the ring, I was just loving it. Yeah. And then, On a, some, somewhat of a tangent, I saw the um, the Dr. D uh, interview from, I think, AWA, where he inferred Hulk Hogan was both gay and a virgin. Oh, yeah. The mean Gene was just dying. He cracked up. They had to zoom in on Dr. Dude, D. Dude, Dr. Was, D. You laughing insane. at Gene. Oh, he was a genius. Like, when he was wrestling Tito in WWF, like, Okerlund would be there, and, like, Piper. When Piper's in your interview as well, and he's not the one saying the crazy shit, you pretty much know it's <laughs> good. Like, Dr. D's like, Tito Santana, you won't even be allowed in my city. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. And, like, he goes on and on and on and says things I'm not going to repeat, but holy shit, you just really were kind of stunned with it. And, like, later on, I guess he recently did an interview, and they're like, yo, so, like, were they cool with that race baiting? Like, when you'd call, like, Tony Atlas Hambone and shit, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, Vince loved that shit, which, whether he's telling the truth now or not, since he doesn't need to, who knows. But yeah. It was like, wow. But, yeah, Dr. D was great. Even for the fleeting moment, he was in the ICW. Yep. You know, my favorite David Schultz story, though, is... um. From the uh, Stampede History book, which if you don't have it, you gotta buy it. But, um, I will. Yeah, that one. But uh, the author wanted to get in touch with him, and I forget how he did, but there was something with faxes and stuff. And David Schultz sent this fax back, like answering yes and no to various questions while talking about the government secret mission he was on. Wow. <laughs> Doctor, you don't yeah. fuck around, man. Yeah, if anyone right, needs man. a hit, man, you know who to call. I mean, they ain't fucking Bret Hart. I'm sure. <laughs> and, you know, uh, before we move on past the cardboard belt, though, we have to note that uh, when he puts it on the announcer's desk, it falls apart. <laughs> it certainly did. And that is the value of the fan support, by the way. Another yep. great thing was King Kalua, who's one of my all-time worst wrestlers, and I hate <laughs> 
he came out to Jungle Love, and I might like him now. Like, oh, we, oh, we, oh, and he's hitting the ring, and there's little kids dancing, which is pretty much the theme of ICW. Kids dancing around the ring very happily with smiles on their faces. Yeah, they, uh, ICW put smiles on faces first, but it's okay. <laughs> telling you that much. Yeah, by the way, uh, Rob, have you gotten the uh, PG-13 shoot yet? No, but my friend saw it and said it's like Christmas, so I'm really excited <laughs> about it, and it'll be it's, great. It's a must-buy for everyone just to hear Jamie Dundee relaying the story of Chris Champion calling him angry about the previous shoot interview. Uh-oh. Oh, and it stroked boy. out, barely able to beat Chris Champion. So you have Jamie Dundee oh, doing a an impression of a stroke victim. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Boy. Sean Royal should kick his ass. Un- wow. Uh, you know what, though? The year 2002 has came and gone, and I think uh, Jamie's standing stronger than Mr. Uh, New Breeder, so... That's yeah. too bad. Another anyway. thing to uh, move on here. The yeah. Duke yeah. is the worst ever. And I'm going to say the worst I hated ever a the lot Duke. here. But the Duke was like the most lowest rent Bobby Heenan ever. Oh, I hated the Duke. Oh, and he his was, timing sucked. Fuck, he was a lower rent Bobby Heenan than J.C. Than, uh, J.D. Costello was a low rent uh, Jim Cornette. There you go. Mm, I sure. mean, the Duke wasn't even a low rent Mr. fucking Fuji. I mean, he was just really shitty. Like... He, his timing for that body press where Vic Stembo finally won the belt, which they aired 18 <laughs> times, like, he just stood there. And Tony Atlas, don't get me wrong, he was the worst also, but my God. And then Tony Atlas is talking while he's getting pinned for the belt. Great. <laughs> hey, Vic, I want to go hit up April Hunter to step on my face. <laughs> it's like, good God, Tony. Can we talk about the Paul Heyman uh, booking well, run? Before that, I wanted to... So I don't forget stuff I want to go chronologically as best okay. as possible. Then there's the stuff from like 86, which is, for actual quality, I think the best stuff on there, mm-hmm. where they have Luthes and Les Thatcher announcing. I think Les Thatcher was booking. And they have an actual roster of guys. They have Buddy Rose somehow. Yeah. He wasn't, you know, outside of the AWA or Portland. Mm-hmm. He had Austin Idol, Ox Baker, uh, trying to think who else. Jimmy Snuka was there a little bit. And it seemed like an actual wrestling promotion for once. True. Very true. <laughs> and, and that's uh, when Buddy was there. Like, yeah. We got to talk yeah. about Buddy for like a half hour. Cause <laughs> he was just unbelievable. I, I have to mention the, the spot where he held Austin Idol for a heart punch by Ox Baker. And the punch was so powerful that Buddy flew back and went <laughs> in on his ass. That was, I, I rewatched that like... Fifty times. That you know what? So you know he brilliant. wanted to do that. You know, like I oh, love yeah. Buddy Rose. He is the king. And you know what was the best thing when they cut to the promo of Buddy Rose, which played in so many territories, but it always rules, of where he's standing there, and they don't even cut to him first. They're like, "This is Mount St. Helens in lovely Washington, or wherever the fuck it is, or Oregon," and they're like, "And much like Mount St. Helens, the powerful intrigue that Buddy Rose brings to the ring." I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then it got better because they go to Waikiki with Buddy. And Buddy's there, Waikiki, kind of promo with the girls, rubbing them down. I mean, like, everything's short of, like, a hand job's happening here. And, like, he's like, yeah, baby, the girls love the Playboy, and don't you want to be the Playboy? And, like, he just went on and on for, like, 15 minutes saying the same thing over and over again. But it never got old because Buddy fucking rose. And then, like, Ox Baker, you almost wish he wasn't there. And I love Ox Baker, but, like, Buddy Rose alone was just such a powerful force that he didn't yep. even need Ox Baker. Who, who came up with the idea to put those two together? I don't know. <laughs> that was kind of fun. I guess. I, I, guess. <laughs> I did like Lou Thez interviewing Misty Blue. 
that that. <laughs> okay, I missed this shit. What one was that on? That was that was one of the later ones. Like they they had a women's match and they cut in to to show the Steamboat Atlas title change yeah, wow. for I think the first time. Misty they... Blue was my third grade crush. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, send the hate mail immediately because she's horrible now. But at the time, I don't know. I had a little thing for Misty Blue. She was way hotter than Linda Dallas. But let's face it. So yeah, yeah. I don't was know. Was it Linda Dallas that she did the porno with, or was that uh, Cat Larue? Misty Blue did a porn. <laughs> okay, how did I, yeah, how did I not hear about No, I didn't hear I not heard about it. <laughs> I, I heard about it originally. I think it might have been a Days Wrestling Emporium tape update. <laughs> oh, my Christ. But uh, wow. Misty Blue, Ron Jeremy, and I, maybe I, I think it was Linda Dallas. Let me look up. As much okay. as I want to, I swear I'm not seeking this out, but yeah. I just died a little inside hearing about that. Okay. Wow, Misty Blue, Misty Blue got and Ron Jeremy. By, uh, Ron Jeremy. Okay, now, that's I amazing because... No of all the ICW women that I can imagine having train run on her, I would definitely have went with Dwana before <laughs> Misty Blue. <laughs> Dwana. we got to talk about Dwana, but we're still going to stick to yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. Get, yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's just. I think we should just talk about that now. Um, yeah. The te- ICW Teen Report. Let's teen Report. Dwana. Not Donna. Dwana. And it's spelled woman, that way, too. It is not just her yeah. accent. Yeah. This woman had to have been a Savoldi, because she was just... She was, <laughs> I don't know what's worse than a black. She was like ten black holes of charisma. I just. I don't know. I think she kind of did guess. have charisma in that Long Island chick who just Long really God. is outer space charisma type shit. Like honestly, I've seen. God bless Afa. Don't kick my ass for saying this, but like Afa's family member that does like the Teen Beat news for their TV show or did back in the early two thousands. She was worse than Donna, but like Donna, like here I'm gonna do an impression now and we're gonna do an interview right. Yeah, by the way, it wasn't it was Linda Dallas. Yes. Oh, great. Unbelievable. Don't need to see that. But yes, it was Linda Dallas and not the purebred Misty Blue. But yeah, so Dwana would be doing an interview, right? And like the Boston bad boy Tony Rumble would come out. Hey, what's up, baby? Yeah. And then like Dawn would be like, Hoy, Boston bad boy. How are you? <laughs> I'm all good, baby. And you know this. I like you. And like she'd just continue talking like this. And like she'd be like, so, Super Mario, you're Italian? I mean, you know, and, like, the questions are the best. Like, hi, Giant Gonzalez, you're tall. And, like, she just was very to the point and very smart, this lady, because she really was insightful on what she'd noticed and the charges that she'd interview. But, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I, honestly, if we could do it justice with the MP3, it would be glorious. But, honestly, oh. you guys have no idea. Maybe we'll YouTube this shit, but, like, Donna is, like, the king. Or the queen, even. But, yeah, she yeah. Uh, she's very memorable from this shit. And, like, who she interviewed? She interviewed Super Mario, I swear. That Super happened. Duper yeah. Mario and Super also Super Tony, Mario. Tony Atlas. And she was laughing the whole time. He was screaming at her. Yeah. Like, I want to pour you up. I don't care about being wrestler of the yeah. month. And she's like... <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, Donna. I, I'd oh, love to God. see what she's up to now. Yeah. Maybe she's on I mean, MySpace. And she's got I bet five she, kids. Disavows her wrestling past, like oh, Tom. I'm Pat sure Miguel. she does. I'm sure she's burnt all this tape and footage. My God, and she had to be a Savoldi. We gotta check up on that. Yeah, uh, We talk about uh, Super Duper Mario. Yeah. While we're on oh God. This. Okay, <laughs> this is another one that I was like, okay, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and again, there's kids involved, unfortunately. <laughs> but like this guy, at least there's a reason. Like he's a Nintendo guy, so like kids like Nintendo yes. guys. Kids this was a very. 
a very fat bald man dressed like Super Mario with an accent worse than Santino Morella. <laughs> and he's like, I, the kids, they come to my match. The kids, you should eat your vegetables. And <laughs> all of the Santinos and uh, Bambinas. Madonna, oh. you look like you suck a good dick. Like, he was unbelievable. Oh. <laughs> like, like, I'd like to jump on your mushroom. It was very exciting. <laughs> I'm telling you. I really like Super Mario a lot. And he's a winner for the kids. And, yeah. and he would he would invite the kids in the ring after sure a would. match. And they That's, all jump what, up and what down. What a bad idea. There were like adults like sneaking in there too just to be in the ring. I'm like, <laughs> I swear it wasn't me. But yeah, idea. there was some crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> there was some crazy shit going down. And like it was I, funny too because like he he had like two moves and like one was like he'd run into the guy and he'd fall down and the other one was his <laughs> his Koopa smash or whatever and he'd jump up on their stomach and then like he did the world's weakest like splash until yeah. DVD number seven when Gustavo the Giant did a splash. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, you got to compare and contrast, but both of them were by far the worst thing ever. But at least Mario was, was funny and had a gimmick. He had, like, a, he had a hammer, too. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. They, the, I did a thing with Giants, like, with kids, because they, they showed this video. There's a song called Alley Oop. Yeah. It's like, Alley Oop. Of Giant Oop. Gustav and Sky Low. And Sky Low Low. I can watch it low. That was so good. And they show him, like, walking around. He's at a, a camp or something with kids. I think and... it was a uh, some sort of vacation resort he played. Yeah. The Catskills. Yeah, by the way, golf I, shit. Actually, I realized after I made these DVDs that from their classic superstar show, I think I had a Tito Santana interview from the Catskills that I didn't put on. But um, they did a lot of stuff where that would, fo- that would be built around them being at a resort in the Catskills. Yeah, so they did like, spinning shit. Maybe that was at the Catskills. We don't know. No, it's sort of like if uh, there was wrestling in the middle of Dirty Dancing, only it wasn't in the 60s <laughs> and didn't have Jerry Orbach. Huh. Christ. I haven't thought of that. I don't know. Ali Oop, though, I was going to actually request if we could have that in the background this whole show, but like, <laughs> I guess technology didn't help us out today, but honestly, Ali Oop will be downloaded to my iPod very soon. Shine. Gustav. When I saw that, though, I knew that Rob would actually absolutely fall in love with it because it was a midget and a giant going around. Dude, exactly right. That's like my dream if I find a fat, tall person. I mean, the midget and the giant thing was fantastic. I mean, (laughs) Sky Lolo, once again, a little bit senile, but it's cool. And, like, he would do commentary. And, like, and it was funny because you really couldn't tell him and Les Thatcher apart, which says something about Les Thatcher. (laughs) She's like, I really like this guy. He's too less. And, like, it'd be back and forth and, like, I have to be like, this is a sound competitor. And, like, Sky Lolo would be like, no, dumbass, he sucks. And, like, it was really cool, though, because he's, like, a little friend and shit. But, like, they didn't have that whole family, like, little bastard thing. Like, Gustav never picked up little Sky Lolo and threw him on people, which would have been better. Oh, but wait a minute. The best thing ever, or the worst, was Gustav was in a handicap Wimpy match. And it wasn't on the DVDs, but it was, like, in a highlight package. Yeah. And Gustav is picking the motherfucker up to toss him. Like, the spot is obviously toss him to the other Wimpy guy on the floor. Uh-huh. Totally misses him. Just shit cans this guy <laughs> to the fucking rail. Fans are cringing. The other wimpy guy closes me out. <laughs> Fuck you, Gustav. You suck. I think Gustav was also known as Bialo the Giant in the early 90s. And he might have been, might have been the same guy, but neither apparently was Curly Mo. Like, I read a lot that people thought that Curly Mo was giant Gustav and or oh Bialo. Oh my god. But then huh. he posted on Kayfabe Memories himself to say, <laughs> I, I was not uh, either of these gimmicks. People know about this shit. I love it. Like Curly Moe was Curly Moe Super Mario. 
No. No, also, and also, there, Super Duper Mario was not the only Super Mario. There was. One. I remember one at the uh, Louisville Gardens 25th anniversary yes, show we fought yes. the maestro. Yes, I, Super Duper Mario was the worker of uh, the Super Mario gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the scariest shit I've ever heard. It was like, Super Mario was an Italian stallion training, I believe. Bahari, where are you? <laughs> no, no, I, I, thought guy... the U- I thought the USWA one was a uh, Jimmy Valiant training. And the deal was, if you booked Jimmy, you had to get book his training on the show, too. That one oh, surprised Jesus. me either, but I swear to God, there was a George South trainee, too. This Super Mario liked God. I'm telling you. There's, like, another one, too. Like, Super Jesus Mario Christ. and Jesus. They were pals. So I'm, there is, there's probably three of them. We'll actually have to look this up, but I'm pretty intrigued. I could do a whole show on this. The fact that there's actually a Super Mario that's a worker is amazing to me. Wow. <laughs> All right. We got a little off track, so I don't know what chronological... That was great. Oh, well, that was great. But <laughs> I didn't know uh, anything in the 80s. Uh, anything else in the 80s? Uh, there, is a, there was a, the, uh, there was, I think Tony Atlas and Steel Turn might have technically been in the 80s. And well, but there was also a match with him, I think him and Iron Cheek where he's wearing the black Superman outfit. That was definitely from the 80s. Yeah, yeah, the Superman, Tony Atlas. And another thing that happened, too, was like with Tony Atlas, the Iron Sheik, no, not the Iron Sheik, the other guy, the Russian, Boris Zukov, and the yeah. Sheik Adnan Al-Kaisi. Like, they were on at one point. Because like, like I'm trying to explain to everybody, these DVDs are a mishmash of different time periods sometimes. So you see the Sheik one week, and then like Boris Zukov's the, the bad guy from far away. And yep. like the music hit. And I'm like, yeah, America, kick some ass. And... Uh, they're like, here comes Mr. USA, and I'm totally expecting fucking Tony Atlas since it's ICW. And there's Sergeant Slaughter walking down. <laughs> That's right. Fresh off a of GI fucking Joe, and then he saved the day. Yeah, this is also yeah. during the period where he'd have on like his shirt, he'd have the <clears throat> GI Joe logo. <laughs> True. Wow. And uh, well, I think that the what you call it, uh, the uh, actually no, it wouldn't have been because I think they were working Continental in '89. So like, this may have actually been time period appropriate to the. Uh, Poly dangerously booking and managing and stuff run. Yeah, yeah I like when uh, Pauly, him and Bob Dow. Bob Dow ruled, by the way. I love <laughs> Bob Dow. Them in the studio, and, and Pauly's mad at fabulous Philip Paulo, and he's like, well, he mu- what did he say? He must have been born a couple months before Roe versus Wade. Wow. <laughs> he'd have been. That's awesome. That's the only reason he's on the earth. And I'm like, holy shit. And Bob Dow's like, that's disgusting. And <laughs> that's tremendous. That was in the who he made the lethal weapons Doug Gilbert and uh, Dennis Condry, which uh, that's an awesome pick. <laughs> and it's during yeah. one of the periods where like if if you you would have assumed that Dennis Condry was still missing until he saw it, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know any what better way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> and, I was uh, a biggest fan of the team's most, but I liked Doug Gilbert's. Acid-washed black jean jacket. <laughs> it just brought me back to the good old days when it was cool to wear Zubats to the supermarket. And, like, I don't know. I kind of liked it. And then, like, I guess Paul Lee was there, so it was really good. But I couldn't really hear it because the audio was way low. But, like, I wish yeah. it was way higher because I love Paul Lee promos. And another thing about Roe vs. Wade, ironically, Paul Lee actually later fed that line to Terry Funk. No, he didn't. Wait, what year would this have been? 1990? Yeah, like 90. They yeah, stole 90. that shit. You see, you knew Paul Lee like Terry Funk, because I remember Terry Funk going, Ric Flair, you are living proof that if Roe versus Wade, they would have made the right decision. Like, he basically said he wanted Ric Flair to be aborted. And I guess uh, <laughs> Paul Lee then took that line, and hey, that's a good line. I don't blame him for it. But yeah, that's pretty classic. 
Love and yeah. Paul Lee. I got to get that Dangerous Alliance comp. Bad. Oh, we also had the uh, the wrestling school dropout as kind of an incubatory Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, that was a, that was you... a Paul Lee uh, gimmick. That was one yep. of your ideas. Oh, yep. we saw it was him talking to Diamond Jim something McPherson? or other. No, it's, it's, no it wasn't a dude named Diamond Jim. Am I thinking about him? No, wait. Oh, no, I'm thinking of, of Jim Mc. Wait, am I, am I thinking? Wait, or was Jim McPherson? Jim McPherson. Yeah, that's the dude. Yeah, that's the. Well, I was so it was Maybe he was Jim. Mark Reagan. No, he probably wasn't. No, no was Jim McPherson was the Carluzzo guy, though, wasn't he? Or a Larry Sharp guy, whichever you want to call it. Yeah, he was Northeast. That's for different sector. Yeah, but uh, there's no Brian Walsh. No. Uh, oh, no. and Brian Brian Walsh in, of uh. Of uh, the uh, of Avatar's debut match, <laughs> that was the worst ever, and I couldn't believe that Brian Walsh had a bad match. But Al Snow blames it on all the fat guys buttering up and the ropes being slippery. But I think there was nothing he could blame everything for that. But Brian <laughs> Walsh came back and had a good match at Ultimo Dragon on WCW Nitro. Yeah. I don't know if you and, remember uh, that. So Brian Walsh, who was also the fake Canadian at some point in the WWF light heavyweight division. Wow. Holy shit, huh. I never recognized that. But another thing that I'd like to say, and Dix, you know this would be awesome, Eric Embry against Brian Walsh should have been the best match ever in about 1990. <laughs> yeah. That would kicked ass. Because Brian Walsh was one of those prototypical missing link kids. Like, you, and, like, five people will get that ever. But, like, honestly, he looked like one of missing link's sons who were awesome also. Huh. Yeah, Brian Walsh also has the distinction of being in probably one of the scariest, like, uh, how do I put this? Fetishized wrestling tapes ever? Because I used to subscribe to wrestling then and now. And okay. I stopped when they started being. It was this. It was the uh, newsletter that Evan Ginsberg did, and it was fun. And then he brought in this uh, new editor, and they Uh-oh. started. It started becoming like the Killer Kowalski like sounding board with him and Brian Walsh doing columns. Hmm. And once they like advertised this video of Brian Walsh wrestling a, fem- a female bodybuilder, Kowalski trainee. Oh, Brian. <laughs> How tough times must have been. I don't know, man. Uh, Brian Walsh, he was always wearing those really weird tights, so I don't know. It probably was a natural in for that guy. Huh. <laughs> Hell of a worker. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But, yeah, underwear matches, no. I don't know. <laughs> was he wrestling April Hunter or China? Or do we, we probably don't know. No, it was someone that was like Christy something. Uh, that, that, also, that reminds me of a story which either Killer Kowalski is the most generous wrestling promoter slash trainer ever, or Brian Walsh is full of shit, because I remember he wrote a column where he talked about how he liked, I forget if it was all of his wrestling school money or half of it or whatever, but he, he, he wasn't able to pay $800 to, to Kowalski. So Kowalski offered to have him just wrestle four matches for free, with at two hundred dollars a match, and that's it. Wow! Hmm. And, and the well, world has a guy at a wrestling school, though, and I have I, that does not seem possible unless Killer Kowalski is like the nicest man who ever lived, or one of the weirdo, maybe a really weird guy. Because let's face it, Killer Kowalski, who I know a couple of trainees, honestly, but uh, he'd always say, "And then be noticed." And if you think about the tights Brian Walsh wore, you know, I don't know kind of Ernie Osiris type shit from ROH, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so maybe Killer Kowalski had a liaison with the... <laughs> oh my god, why am I breaking this down into sleaze? But no, I don't know. You never know. I mean, let's face it. I didn't know about these strange tapes, but let's face it, you never know what happens. Wrestling's so sleazy anymore, it's scary. 
But, uh, yeah, Brian Walsh was good. That's awesome that he came up for about five minutes. But uh, <laughs> and, uh, we really uh, got to get away from this. Uh, yeah. Let's How about Onita showing up randomly? Yes. <laughs> Onita all of a sudden showed up. He had a squash match and then wrestled Tony Atlas in a unification title match. Title versus title. Was there even an FMW title at that point, though? I don't I think, think there was. I think there was a brass knuckles. Oh, maybe there wasn't. That was but, the most randomest shit ever, though. But I love showed this. up. The squash match where Bill After is commentating and Onita just spits and Bill After just flips out. He's like, "What the fuck? He just spat. What's the ref doing? Not doing anything?" And uh, the other guy's like, "Uh." But it's Onita. Yeah, Onita is regular gear though, but sort of doing the proto Great Need gimmick, which is really just ripping off all the other guys like Muda and Kabuki. He's kind of like looking like Pogo too, to a degree, like Mr. Pogo or Rico shit. That was strange and seemed strange. Wouldn't be ICW without oddly airing other people's footage, and that gives us the tag team tournament, the international <laughs> tag team. <laughs> yes, the Lethal Weapons, I guess, left, so there has to be a tournament for the belt, no problem. They say this is an international tournament, and they aired stuff from Mexico purportedly as part of the tournament, but it was just random shit from Mexico. Well, actually, it was uh, it was from uh, Red Bastine's win promotion, which was actually in San Bernardino, <laughs> but he booked oh. Juarez guys. So you had the Guerreros and stuff. You had young Eddie Guerrero, and you had very young. Yeah, you had uh, what's it? You had Bob Dow call, mispronouncing Guerrero several hundred times. It seems. Yeah. Guerrero, Guerrero, <laughs> and Tony Rumble keeps telling him it's Guerrero. <laughs> That's right. And so it seems yep. like he's ignoring him, like he's not even doing it for the banter. It seems like he's just and Mondo Guerrero. <laughs> and plus, the best thing is. They really schooled on this. I mean, Mike Kinney must have been right next door schooling them on the new yeah. variety of wrestling. He's like, we really appreciate these guys. They wrestle the Luca style. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. My name hey, is I'll... Luca. <laughs> I live on the second floor. Unbelievable. You know, I, loved, I love Tony Rumble. Yeah. Even though he, he would call like, Japanese guys Japs and speak poorly of Mexicans. Yeah, but... yeah, <laughs> I remember in, in summer of 99, right before he died, he straight up called some guy a fag on NWA New England. Yeah, Tony Rumble didn't fuck around. He was no, pretty he was a, and He was on that MTV show right before he died about, he claimed that he was training oh, wrestlers. Yeah. And they showed no, he was on a, the ESPN deal. Yeah, yeah, I was nuts. I remember that to this day. And then like he died like a week later or something. But he yeah. was good. And then another thing, this is cool because it actually dips into all of my Pennsylvania independents in the early 90s that weren't ECW travels. Because, like, you'd see guys like Dirty Deeds, Darren Wise, who my high school teacher gave a hip lock to back in 1993, <laughs> and I could not make that shit up. And he also was in a match with he, my high school teacher. Uh, he refereed a match with, uh, was it Dick? It was Tony Atlas and Tom Brandy, who were both ICW stalwarts. And they actually had a match where they had to bump my high school teacher because neither one wanted to lose. <laughs> So there you go. Only in the Reading Independence in Pennsylvania will that shit happen. And Dirty yeah, Deeds wow. was not that bad of a manager, and Chris Candido was fucking awesome. Mm. Yeah, he was, well, he was one of the best wrestlers on the tape. Yeah, I gotta say, that with the Lucha stuff, though, yeah. my favorite part is how it varied from week to week, whether or not they were saying that they were watching a satellite feed or that they were at ringside. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, they they like, didn't know, man. Dubbed over the the uh, Spanish commentators, so yeah, the Spanish commentators in the background, and you got yeah. the graphic coming up if you want to send mail to them, and and you have that whole thing. Well, uh, I mean, we're getting this right off the satellite feed from Mexico, so uh, uh, well, you know, Juarez, Mexico, and Burlington, Vermont are pretty close. I don't know. <laughs> no, there's also the fact that 
he says we're getting on the satellite feed from Mexico when you then see the mailing address for San Bernardino, California. Uh, scary. Uh, Wasn't like uh, the, the, my, one of my favorite Guerreros or Garros or Gorieros was on there. Uh, not M- Mondo was on that match. I yeah, think. but it was Mondo and Eddie. Mondo kicks ass. He was he was the best wrestler in that match, in my opinion. I didn't think Eddie was all that great at the point, but mm-hmm. I thought Mondo was good. I would have liked to see Mondo against Chris Candido in a perfect world. But. Yeah. Oh man, you know what? I, I maybe I don't know if you've ever seen this before, Rob. But have you ever seen the UWF Blackjack Raw? Don't think so. It's the last Herb Abrams show, and they have for the light heavyweight title Mondo Guerrero against. Wildman Jack Armstrong. Oh, dude. Okay, the light just went off. That's the one where, like, Jack Armstrong's, like, digging a wedgie out of his ass as he gets rolled up. And, like, that's another one where Herb Abrams does that incredible, let's hear it for the Jews chant out of nowhere. And I do remember that show was tremendous. And, like, Johnny Ace wrestled Dan Spivey or something on that, too. Like, it was absolutely. Yeah, and the Power Twins. Yeah, that shit was horrible. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, Did we see the uh, Power Twins on the. Uh... It was against um, Tony Atlas and, what was it, Scott Putsky, where uh, Atlas turned heel because uh, Scott kept fucking up. Yeah, man, the Power Twins sucked power all over twins. the place. Yeah, they, they, were, uh... they weren't so hot. And also young Scott Putsky barefoot with the crew cut. <laughs> His dad on commentary. Yes. I even... Barely audible. <laughs> or intelligible, one or the other. Yeah. I thought I thought Tony Atlas was... I thought his promos were fantastic. Yeah, I like, thought he was really good at the big at the top heel. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe he got signed by the WWF and was made into Saba Simba, which made him a a baby face and b didn't allow him to talk on the mic. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? That's I don't know. I'm gonna have to argue a little bit here. He was great in ICW, right? But mm-hmm. like, I don't know what quote unquote powder might have happened between that time and '92. But when he got to WCW, he basically would speak in sound bites like. I am the man. I am the man. And that's like all he'd say, like the entire promo. He was so bad that I think they basically put Cactus Jack with him to speak because he just was absolutely out to lunch. But these ones in ICW, I thought those promos were way better. Like he actually had the the aura of a champion, if yeah. you will. He, he was like, like the, Scott Steiner like 10 years before Steiner. Yeah, 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 and he had that out. But actually, this, during this period, unfortunately, if you remember when uh, Tony Atlas was talking on his cell phone on MTV. Yes, this was when he was at his lowest and he slid his wrist. And that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's the truth of that matter. Like he, when he was ICW champion, <laughs> no matter what he said on the promos, shit wasn't that good because I guess he was getting paid a dollar a match and all. And <laughs> I guess, you know, he had a tough habit here or there, but the promos yeah. were kicking. You can't even deny those. I love the one where he cut the promo. He's talking about he doesn't need friends, doesn't need a girlfriend, just a woman for two hours. He tries to flex. He, like, hits his arm on the I think he actually said that when he was being interviewed by Donna. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then he, he, he tried to flex, hits his arm. I swear to God, he farted after that. I heard a fart sound. Oh, no. Maybe it was, maybe it was Dawn. <laughs> and he also had these promos he did in front of, like, this outer space background. Yes. Yeah. It was a little unusual. It was sort of like was... the, uh, if you've ever seen the uh, commercial for the Superstar Billy Graham poster where he's wrestling a tiger in outer space. Oh, my God. Not I missed that. Yeah, oh, I want to mention, on YouTube. Uh... Okay. I, w- I want to mention Surfer Ray Odyssey, who sounded like Rob if Rob gets very stoned. <laughs> Tremendous. We'll have to try that out next time. But yes, I uh, I think that he does, 
and I like Surfer Ray Odyssey a lot. <laughs> and I think him and Eric Straka are really good. Sprasia. Sprasia amazes me because I read that. I must have been like, I'm not even going to deny I was a really slow kid. And like every time I'd read a magazine as a kid, I'd see Vic Steamboat and his partner, Eric Straka. And I'd always pronounce it like that. So I'm not going to call him Sprasia. I would too. I thought it was Sabraccia or something. But yeah, Sprasia. man. I mean, Eric Sprasia. So X-Ray and Phil Apollo were the worst team ever to be called the Dynamic <laughs> Duo. <laughs> oh, not only that, dude, but wasn't there also a, a faux Hollywood blonde on this shit, too? Uh, who oh, I that was, um, Dusty, was it Dusty Wolf and uh, Eric Embry or I Dusty Wolf and Ken Tim? I, think, I don't think it was Eric Embry. I know it was Dusty Wolf. One of them was called Dusty, mind. and I thought for a second, I'm like, is that Dale Dusty Wolf? And I'm like, no, yeah. that's not There's also Dusty wow, Wood right. sometimes. I'll have to rewatch that. Hmm. The, yeah. If it was Ken Tim's, though, good, good guy, though. He died too soon. I miss him. He was a nice yeah. guy. But, you know uh, what I liked a lot? The way every fifth squash match would have a tag team match with the same finish. Like, backdrop <laughs> clothesline. Elevated bear hug clothesline. It was like <laughs> inverted body vice clothesline. It was almost like, <laughs> hey, let's every team have a clothesline finish, but we'll never play it up. It was very weird. It's sort of like how it's Starcade 89. Every match is that the Road Warriors are in and with them doing some weird variation of their finisher. Exactly, because motherfuckers don't need to be taking that, apparently. Yeah, yeah that was unusual. And I liked, uh, I liked the Hollywood Blondes finish, though. The backdrop, yeah. Bret Hart hooking clothesline was kind of cool, as much as I hated the match. I don't know, I just, I didn't really like that match at all, but yeah, I, uh... We, we have to mention the uh, the pool episode. Oh, okay, yeah. Where it's, it's Bob Dow, and he's with uh, Vic Steamboat, Eric, Eric Brasia, <laughs> and, and uh, Ray Odyssey. And they're, they're in the pool. It looks like the, a cheap low-rent motel. Yeah, they're like, like small pool. Like, it's mm-hmm. like one of those tiny, like, you know, it's like a regular depth pool, but it's like, if you ever see, like, I'm trying to remember where I would have seen it, like, on Surreal Life or something, where they have these pools that are, like, three by five feet. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then... And they're like sort of semi-homoerotically playing cat, playing frisbee and stuff. Yeah, it was kind of like those guys you had the the famous YouTube on on Brian. Oh, uh, the new generation. Yeah, very yeah. much like it. And then like I guess uh, first of all, who was booking? Do we know? Uh, I have no. I, I would guess Tony Rumble. Yeah. I don't know. I just have all these visions of Paul Lee in a completely. Uh, in the confessed room, coming yeah. up with an idea like, yo, man, let's go to the Days Inn. Yeah, we'll rock that <laughs> shit. We'll bring They're our like... cameras, and we'll play Frisbee. And we'll keep Donna at home on location. Yeah, they're like, we're in L.A. on a stopover for uh, a break in the tour. And I'm like, well, they don't go to L.A. And then it turns out, so, like, some production guy runs up. He's like, you're in the Duke's mansion. And then the Duke and the Undertakers run up, and they throw people in the pool. Yeah, yeah we didn't and, talk uh, about the Undertakers yet. Oh, yeah, there's um, the team of The Undertakers, Punisher and Henchmen. Who are I think he- Val and Tony Puccio. Yeah, yeah I never Val knew they were Puccio's. Uh... It's strange because it's Val Puccio, and he's overweight, but he's not nearly morbidly obese. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. really, like, I mean, he's still in the face is the same, but it's, he's really, like, a completely different person because he's about 300 pounds lighter. Yeah, why? You could tell Vince has a thing for making fun of fat people, because he did bring the Puccios in to face the Steiners for, like, a couple months, and then just really? cast them away. Yeah, they were. They brought the Undertakers in to wrestle the Steiners when the Steiners first got there. I think that's they sued. I think the Undertakers sued them and got a contract out of it. Really? Wow. 
I thought they bought the name from them. I thought I heard that. Oh, maybe, maybe they bought it, and they were called it Double Trouble because they could be Undertakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Double Trouble. <laughs> and yeah. I always thought they were Sally Graziano because Val and Sal sounded a lot. Yeah, I got my fat ECW guys. Yeah, yeah, fat, yeah. Uh, fat FBI member ECW guys. Yeah, That's, henchman. What a great name that was, henchman. True. Yeah, they were they were oh, good. I remember the, the the Mark magazines. They were like the shit. Like I'd I'd read about. I'm like, man, they're gonna take out the Road Warriors next year, <laughs> <laughs> and then never fucking happened. But I also thought they were taller. They were both like my height and my width. Apparently, if you look sideways, like they were five feet by five feet basically. And like I never knew how little they were, but I imagine it'd be funny to watch the Steiner suplex them all over the place. Yeah, sure. yeah. Look at uh. Might still be on the internet. There's this one Steiner squash from like Worldwide. I remember people talking about it again when it aired again in the UK. But it was the German suplex. Yeah, we're, we're facing these like really fat guys, and they're just completely destroying them. They're like throwing them everywhere, and it ends with Scott doing the uh, Doomsday DDT. I remember vividly a match where there's a guy who they were wearing their like one kind of fat guy and one super fat guy, and they're wearing like these. Heart Foundation type types, but half of them were like white, purple, and the other one were dark. And like Rick Steiner suplexed this one guy on his head so bad, and then he suplexed them again onto a belly to belly and pinned them. So it probably wasn't the same one. And like Jim Ross at the close of the match goes 280, his chest weighs 280. And I just remember, what a fucking prick! Why well, you gotta fucking kick the guy <laughs> when he's down? Okay, I believe him. Yeah, but um, uh, oh, Vic Steamboat, who uh, was I think not related to Ricky Steamboat. Not, I, according to the, 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 the closest sources to the situation, they're not actually brothers, but no one actually knows what the deal is. Like because you know he had this long career and it didn't seem like Ricky ever objected to it. Yeah, but there's also the fact that you know like you had in the I forget it was in the magazines or whatever that you'd have like oh Vic helped Ricky build his uh, Gold's Gym or whatever. Yes. I've heard people say, I haven't seen it myself, but I've heard people say that there are, like, uh, videos from, like, the end of Rick, Rick Steamboat's running Crockett where Vic is in the background doing stuff. So I have no idea. I'll tell you what, if they're not brothers, it's the biggest fucking fraud this side of, like, Hulk Hogan <laughs> and the Hulk Hogan vitamins. It's not right, man. I believe in that shit. I thought Vic Steamboat... Uh, I should have been smarter, because why would he have never popped up in any one of the big leagues with Big Bro? But, like, at the time, all the magazines would say, yeah, Vic Steamboat. And then I was laughing, because on this ICW, the one promo, they had words under his name. They spelled his name Victor Steamboat, which is totally <laughs> stupid. Because if you're going to do a knockoff of Rick Steamboat, you got to kind of make it, like, Vic Sound Steamboat. like it, yeah. You know it was fake, Vicky. though, because, like, the fucking Savoldis, apparently, as Bix said earlier, weren't even Savoldis. Oh, yeah. Which sucks. <laughs> like, well, if they I were, it wouldn't be that much better, but honestly, it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, I no, got Vic Steamboat was in uh, WCW in 96, apparently. Does anyone remember this? I, I vaguely remembered Vic Steamboat was on, like, one episode of WCW Saturday Night. Huh. Probably yeah, even with Roadblock or something. Like, David uh. San Martino people that just popped up. <laughs> By the way, yeah. Roadblock was in... Uh, UWA Mexico, Vic. I just randomly saw it in like an old observer the one day, and I just thought, <laughs> like, holy shit! I gotta tell people that the roadblock was like in UWA Mexico. I forget what his name was. It was like El Torneo Grande or some shit. Wow! I yeah, thought, wow! Yeah, roadblock. Because everyone thought it was Butch Masters, but they don't look anything alike. No, roadblock's not Butch Masters. 
I mean, people thought Tyler Maine and Butch Masters were the same person. But yeah. I thought that Nitron and Butch Masters were the same person until 18. But we already know how stupid I was, but yeah. yeah i got to mention this, though, because you mentioned the Hulk Hogan vitamins, that my yeah. old optometrist was, uh, like, the guy behind Hulk Hogan vitamins. Really? Wow. I mean, Interesting. I just huh. If he's got any business statistics on it, I want to know if the Horseman did better. Probably not. But <laughs> no, I'm guessing no. Or <laughs> um, the... Uh, the Vern Gagne um, vitamins that existed at some point. Jesus. That's crazy. Vern had fucking vitamins. That's crazy. Yeah. It was great That's... when Vern tried to play with the other big boy wrestling feds, and, like, he'd always do it wrong. Like, the Wrestle Rock Rumble was, like, everything not cool. Possible. Yeah, yep. And I've heard of a recent episode of this show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what about uh, the young Taz working in the... Uh... Yeah, that was good. Yeah, did I have to put the match on there where before he's even, like, is he, where he's like smiley, happy baby. Yeah, face. yeah, I did. Okay. Well, this is before he became like the face painted Tasmanian. Well, he's still the Tasmanian devil here, and like he's like wearing this like ridiculously multicolored jacket. Yeah, he soon became yeah, he was all Mago because <laughs> there was another guy brought in named Noga, and they yeah. were the Tasmanian devils Mago and Noga. But so I don't think was, that was on here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw another Tasmanian devil when uh. They show the the Joseph Oldie beat him. I think that's another match. No, no, no. That like was that was Taz. That was Taz. Okay, but there was another guy like afterwards. Who oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the second one, the second Tasmaniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's that guy? Uh, I don't know. Oh, if he had... oh it was uh, Chris Shetty's brother. Oh, shut up. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, he was, was actually Taz's trying to get his bro- All right, I always knew it was he had a brother that was trying to get into it, but okay. I forget his first name, but yeah, Chris Shetty's brother. Was the other Tasmaniac? He's the guy that took over the House of Hardcore in like '97 or '98, and I'm sad I knew that. Yeah, because like Taz couldn't be there. I guess this was before Mikey Ripwreck uh, turned it, took it over, and changed the world by training the uh, Maximos. <laughs> awesome, God yeah. bless him. Yeah, and like Brian XL and all those guys. Poor Red. I thought he didn't actually train Brian XL. What? I always heard that he didn't train Brian XL. Oh, I'm pretty sure he didn't. I was just throwing names out to amuse myself. I don't think he did. I don't know if anyone did. Uh, probably not. He was just probably some kid <laughs> off the street. But then they took him down to uh, Puerto Rico. I'm sure Super Crazy helped him out a little bit. Tried to do something with the kid. Brian XL was awesome in CW, though. I liked him. I didn't mind him. When he was, what was his name? CW? One of the Black Panthers? I believe oh. so. Huh. Him and whoever the other Black Panther was had uh, Smokey Cunningham or something had this awesome match with Mexico's Most Wanted. I Smokey Carmichael, holy Smokey shit, Carmichael. that was so good. That honestly, you know my my feelings toward Lucha, but that is by far my favorite Halloween and Damian match ever. Well, no, I love awesome that match. match. What an incredible match that was! It was like you're you're honestly right. That was like their everyone's like at least the the Carmichael and XL's finest moment ever. That's so mm-hmm. great you brought that up, because that was a killer match. i got to watch that again. Yeah, but... Um, no, finish with Oh, but we can't talk about playing Excel anymore. That's too bad. Okay, so yeah, back to... Joe mentioned that the... Uh, was it you or Joe who mentioned the... Uh, the the uh, Joseph Olsen winning the light heavyweight title. Yeah. The thing is, though, that match at the time, and I considered putting it on the DVD multiple times so it would be like you were experiencing it live, <laughs> that match was aired like every week for like six months. And yeah, I'm that was even... a gimmick. That's what they do, right? Like you yeah, got that was ICW. I mean, 
Yeah. Well, so yeah. At that point, though, they were at WCCW, which I should probably explain. We'll get into in a second, yeah. But, yeah, they they had a – like, I, I heard they, they would replay matches a ton, and then sometimes they'd show old matches and try to pass them off like they were new. <laughs> like, you would forget it because you've seen it so many times or something. In Schmoke, and that's what they did with uh, AWA. Like, on ESPN, <laughs> they'd be like, you'd see Larry Zabisco against a fucking trooper, like – 127 times, <laughs> 1990 to 1992. I mean, I love Global just because it got that stupid e- AWA off my television set. Mm. Well, I think it was just uh, AWA. I think was just replaced by a fifth episode of Legends World Class. For a while, yeah, and then yeah. Uh, then thank God Global, Global showed up. Yeah, well, speaking of World Class, we should explain yeah. uh, how they went from ICW to IWCCW. Yeah, I guess this should be my job. Uh, in late 1990, Kevin Von Erich. It somehow started World Class back up and locked Jerry Jarrett out of Dallas. And this is the period where, if you ever heard my show with uh, Craig Johnson, this was the period where, for the syndicated TV, they take like three months of USWA shows in three nights. And anyway, uh, Kevin Von Erich set up some deal with the Savaldis that ICW would now be IWCCW, International World Class Championship Wrestling. And there was like this one TV taping with this one Kevin Von Erich match that I think was the only thing he ever did there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and they would, I guess they showed the match a lot or they would just show in the opening lot. That was the only thing he ever did and they switched to using the World Class theme. And that was about the only thing that was different. This is like yeah. 1991, right? It was like end of 90, beginning of 91. All right, because I remember in, in the magazines, which is how I watched this shit, like, I, I'd read, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah. this is the new conglomerate of wrestling. This is, who needs Rick and Carrie Miner when you can have Vic and Kevin? <laughs> well, I remember I remember uh, Eddie Elner in PWI berating Kevin Von Erich saying, oh, okay, we'll to... never get uh, Carrie versus uh, Rick, so we get uh, Kevin versus Vic. Right, it's a little horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible thing, and then... I think there was supposed to be a unification match. I don't know what Kevin had to be oh, unified. I think, he, I think they were billing him as the world-class champion. <laughs> yeah, they might as well. And it, it just, nothing ever happened, but they were still IWCCW. Yeah, and uh, he was the was, champion and Kerry Von Erich's bereaving daughter's heart. Oh. <laughs> by the way, he did no-show that, Vic. I remember last time we had well, a little bit of... The thing is, there were two shows. There, I think there were two Kerry memorials. Yeah, but the one with Sid on it, he definitely showed up and was like, fuck this shit and left. So yeah, he was like, I have lost all respect shit. for Kevin Von Erich. Fuck him, man. Uh, he's looking rough. Well, what about, the, the, allegedly, I'm going to say this so Joe can use it, what about the time that Kevin allegedly killed the kitty cat? With this buzzsaw, which is allegedly ridiculous, too. Who would think that this week we'd talk about some animal cruelty worse than Michael Vick, but Kevin Von Erich, <laughs> you did the yeah. trick, pal. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> on a Japan tour. <laughs> I just like to say... Joe, thank God your show's ending so we won't get sued. But yeah, everything's yeah. allegedly, of course. Allegedly, yeah, sure. Yeah, allegedly oh. there was a kitty cat in the dress, in the dressing room in, like, all Japan. And Kevin, like, goes up... To, well, I, there might actually be two... There's either two stories or that are... I don't know. Or they're part of the same story where he p- killed a kitty cat with the iron claw. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, and, it's pretty sick. I don't and know. Another one that involves him using a saw blade to kill the kid. Ooh, that's nuts, man! Yeah, but the thing is, like, you don't really blame him because it's Kevin Von Erich, and you have no idea. Um, oh yeah, he's completely oblivious to all human nature. Yeah. God, 
Um, you know, I read about this. We didn't see this, but I hear they had uh, Rick Rude and the Honky Tonk. Yeah, they I was left. so sad that I don't have this on tape. But they they aired promos between them. They argued who was the better Intercontinental Champ, who was the better neck breaker, and I don't think either one ever worked for the Fed. Well, no, they had the one taping where they did this confrontation, and then for <laughs> months and months, they would show the same promo, like this recap of it. So please write to IWCCW, who's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, who has the greatest neckbreaker finishing move of all time. And it was, it was literally for about six, at least six months. And uh, I would take Rude. Well, yeah. <laughs> if I had to, I love Rude. No, but that, uh, that, that was not the first time that they did an angle like that, because, and I was sad that I didn't record this when it was on their classic superstar show, but... They also hyped up an Iron Sheik Bob Backlund rematch that never happened. Yeah, okay, you're right. Like that was one of those things where if you had Pro Wrestling Illustrated in the '80s, in the Wrestling Inquirer section, always at the bottom, there'd be some big major ICW news that never ended up happening. Like <laughs> ICW looking at Hulk Hogan, and like it, you know, it's never <laughs> gonna happen, you know. But yeah, the old Savolis would try to pull everyone's strings. But the best part of the Backlund and Sheik one, though, which I really need to find someone with a copy of this. Is like it's supposed to be Mario Savaldi, or might, maybe it was Angelo, but uh, interviewing uh, Bob Backlund via satellite, and he is obviously somewhere else in the building. <laughs> Bob, apparently not understanding how satellite hookups work, is yelling the whole time. Like, hello, Mario. How are the children? <laughs> wow. Great. And then Iron G comes out and interrupts, and I argue. Does he call wow. Backlund an intelligent Jew? I don't know. That's kind of his <laughs> thing these days. Christ. Uh, what about, baby. Uh, I love the SD Jones randomly showing up. <laughs> he had a contract. He was, I got a contract. I'm so excited. I signed a contract with SCW. Now that you mention that, that's probably my favorite thing on the entire disc, and I can't believe I forgot about it. That's <laughs> that, the way they brought him in, they're like, ICW, looking for the stars. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, we've got one. And it's coming that's FedEx, awesome. baby special delivery, and then he shows up, and he does a promo. I've never heard S.D. Jones talk until that wonderful piece of uh, footage. I was like, yes. And also, this he was, was like, 1992 S.D. Jones. Yeah, this isn't like 79 or something hey, like It could have been 1999 S.D. Jones. It would have been awesome. He didn't win with a sunset flip, which made me sad, but still, I was a big And fan. also, he was introduced by the generic Chris Cruz wraparound. That oh, was, that's right. That was that was. Even though I would say I'm sad that I don't have more shows, just so I could put it on the DVDs over and over. But there was a generic Chris Cruz wraparound that was used on every show for a year or two. <laughs> that like they just flew him in once, and they had had him do this, do this, and it was just very generic. And I, I remember, I think on the DVDs though, there was a one, one where he says, "Let's go to ringside." And then they cut to the uh, F.C. Jones interview. Because he did that Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> wow. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. You know what we totally didn't talk about as time nears? The fucking creator. Yeah. Well, I, I had that last. What? This was the last thing on the... I don't even know if this was still... I'm not even sure if this, he was ever in ICW. No, actually, I think I've seen something with him as the creator in ICW. What but the fuck was the creator? We're going to pretend <laughs> he was in ICW. He was uh, the sure. creator. This was a tape last gave me. That I guess he got from Carmine. This is Carmine DeSpirito's gimmick, and I'll just let uh, Rob explain it. Maybe. No. <laughs> he created... He, he did not... Yeah. Was it? I don't. What violence? I created. So he was the... Cre- he was this really 
geeky looking skinny yeah, completely but that's the, it was the high school like yeah he, the shitty he, high like school high play sc- of it all that made me <laughs> like it like I am the creator and I just watched a Bela Lugosi movie and I like violence and then they had this really shitty music like oh, yep. no it wasn't shitty it was Ozzy but it was like like one of the early Sabbath songs it was really creepy and like they'd show him like beating people up and hiding from Ivan Koloff and it was right then you'd watch and like, ooh, the creator. And like then my like my niece was over and she came in the room and laughed and I was like, ooh, scary, you know. But yeah, the creator, I'm sure that uh you really scared the kids back in the day. Not today. Well, like kids they show the kids like taunting them during at ringside. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, to you me, kids that's shut up creator, but I guess the kids didn't think so. He was roaming like high school halls. <laughs> and he had that yeah, awesome shape. The thing is, when you show the creator it's cool when you first see the promo because it's the jazzy effects and it's like, wow. And you can see like a chain of the high school being closed that night behind him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's not necessarily as bad as it sounds. But then like you get to the point where they're actually in the high school gym and the creator just kind of loses the illusion. It's like well, <laughs> yeah, it really the does. Undertaker wrestling at a baseball stadium where not like a cool like football stadium, but like just like at halftime or at the uh, in-between innings at a baseball game. Yeah. It loses the effect. But I yeah. like Carmen Despirito's delivery was good if yeah. if only like sub sixth grade level acting. Yeah, just spell creator with a K. That would have helped. Probably <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, would have. I did the put this, this one on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> this one's also on YouTube as I uh, I put it there basically so many best indie guys can make fun of Carmine. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah he was kind of play, I think he was like a bad guy, right? Wasn't he in that yeah. War Games match? Well, not, he was. There was the MAW versus IWA feud. <laughs> I gotta rewatch that because I don't think he looks like that anymore. Like, well, he, no, he, look like... he, he looks like Gangrel with black hair. All right, like the creator, he looks yeah, like... he really does. He, but now though, he he beefed up, right? Yeah, yeah. He looks a little he more like Ronald Gossett than Gangrel, right? R.I.P. A, a little big. Yeah, Ronnie Gossett. I think it, we're gonna talk about him for a second too, just because sure. it needs to be done. Like I hated the way like on CZW fans, everyone's like Ron Gossett. Who the fuck is that guy? But Ronnie Gossett was awesome. He really was awesome, and he's really being underrated. Everyone's dying these days, but that's one guy that seemed to go out the natural way of being fat as natural. Like, honestly. <laughs> well, he actually had cancer. He had cancer. Well, even oh. worse. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that he's dead and, like, he's really getting little play. Like, I can't wait to see what Meltzer writes about him. Because I believe he did have a pretty storied uh, history in wrestling, and I loved him sure. in Memphis. He was, one of the, he was awesome. For his size, he was just a guy that could get natural heat, but he still pretty, worked pretty hard. Like the boxing matches and shit, he was great. Especially if he did the uh, fat guy manager splash. Yes. Yeah. Which I wish more managers were able to do. Yeah, very true. <laughs> he, he was re- he was a really good manager. He was probably the best, like me- Memphis manager of that period. You know, probably very like original. The, yeah, like the late period Memphis managers. I was like him and Scott Bowden. Bowden that were any good. Yeah. Didn't he even turn good, like, against the Moondogs or some shit? And it was actually believable. He was, like, such a badass manager. And it was like, wow, if they turned this guy good. It was something like that. Like, he turned good. I remember thinking, wow, Ronnie Gossett turned good. And it was like, he had to be real big-time built-up heels for him to turn good. But I really Mm -hmm. remember it being pretty awesome. If it didn't happen, then it's a fun memory anyway. (laughs) But I do remember Ronnie Gossett, I think, turning good. Uh, I remember, I just want to mention, uh, Mondo Clean in uh, ICW show. Yeah, okay. Damien Demento. I remember he got pimped big time in the magazines. We used to yeah. a total yeah, the magazines loved him for some reason. Yeah. I guess I he had, like, he had a unique look for, like, a, a fake Tijo Khan, but, like... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he was like Tijo Khan, but with none of the ability. And there's a lot of people that don't think Tijo Khan has ability to begin with. I'm not one of them, but like, I remember when he was in WWF as whatever, Damien Demento, and I was like, oh, wow, this guy's got to be awesome. Like, this guy couldn't even take a bump. He might have been worse than <laughs> Giant Gustav. I, I mean, all I want is a simple back bump from people, and he was pretty bad. He had the lowest leg drop I've ever seen, like, honestly. I think Jerry Blackwell had a higher altitude on the leg drop. Jerry Blackwell had hops, though. He could take a back drop and crap. Oh, yeah, I know, but toward the end, Jerry Blackwell's well, yeah. leg drop was notoriously low, and I honestly think it was still better than Mondo Clean's. <laughs> Mondo Clean. Mm-hmm. And, uh, gotta mention Curly Mo. Yeah, I was just gonna say Curly Mo. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was which was this guy doing a uh, yeah doing a curly gimmick yeah and he hosted Curly's Classic Corner <laughs> that was one of the Chris Cruz wraparounds he's like let's go to Curly's Corner and then it's like hey I'm the Coily's Corner yeah. yeah I think that was also a generic wraparound too because we're gonna oh, go yeah, way sure back exactly <laughs> he was like come on let's go he and might was, have been oh. as bad as. Super Mario. It's one of those things that's so bad it's good. I'd like to YouTube both of them and like compare and contrast. Yeah. Like it was one of those things where you just watch and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. It was I was sad we didn't see a Curly Mo match on here. Yeah. It didn't air any. I don't know. Maybe that was for the yeah, best. Yeah. And also, it's kind of surreal to see the kids Curly Mo character then introducing these semi-homoerotic uh, workouts between Lex Luger and Hiro Matsuda. Oh, that's right. They're doing the squats and the... With, uh, not, not as homoerotic as if anyone's ever seen this, they'll know what I'm talking about. The uh, I think it was Kevin Sullivan and Tony Atlas workout from Georgia. Oh, yeah, I've seen that, that actually on a tape Schneider gave me. <laughs> not to Al Schneider, but no, he, he just had that on a tape. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I'm getting punched next time I'm in New Jersey. Yeah, I don't know. It was on one of the tapes, but there was also a good Dick Murdoch and a Butch Reed match, so I'll, I'll yeah, just say that it was a, a tape loaded with interesting things. One of these days for fun, I am going to make a Wrestling is Gay TV. <laughs> <laughs> so all the fabulous ones. Wrestling is Gay. <laughs> Uh, oh, it'll be fun for days. And another and thing, you have to put Adrian Street, who is the best wrestler on this entire DVD. Well, on Adrian there. Street, the brilliant thing Adrian Street is that the gimmick is that even if he, is that you don't really know if he's gay or not, no. but it doesn't really matter because the idea is that he's like the toughest man who ever lived. Oh yeah, and not only that, but the way him and Linda, like that entrance, like I said earlier that like Woman and Sullivan's was the best, but like he comes skipping out. And then he'd do, like, Linda, answer Turspin, please. And, like, it was just such a slow, like, it would take maybe 15 minutes for him to get to the ring. But by the time the first lockup happened, you wouldn't be bored. He was very entertaining. I liked it. Yeah. And speaking about Curly Moe to hop back here, I the first time I saw Curly Moe was my grandmother had a National Enquirer magazine. <laughs> and for whatever reason, for, like, a couple weeks, they had, like, a wrestling column. It was like, I'm the wrestling wrap-up guy. <laughs> it was one of these vague people, right? And they'd be like, coming onto the scene is Curly Moe. They had an official and exclusive interview with Curly Moe, which was pretty much like his promos. So reading wow. it, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't believe that out of all the people in my Cool Bill After magazine, that Curly Moe got the national attention. Wow. Um, the, the Curly Moe posted on Wrestling Classics? No, he posted on K-Fade Memories, and then K-Fade later, uh, there one, one wrestling or PW Insider posted an on I'm Not Dead message from him. So apparently WWE.com said he was dead. Really? In some context, which is probably... <laughs> how many people has Michael Cole killed? Uh, well, there's Corporal Kirshner. He killed uh, One Man Gang on, some D- on oh, a yeah. DVD, on the Survivor Series DVD. 
Jesus. He killed Curly Mile. I think there's a fourth I'm forgetting. Wow. But uh, And there's also, there was the ICW stuff that was on, unfortunately, that I don't have on tape that was after the stuff that uh, I sent you guys, but, uh, and the, uh, my cousin is going to kill me if I don't mention the stuff. There was, um, there was a period where, like, just for a few weeks, I think they got on Sports Channel America, which was the national one that doesn't exist anymore. It was like Fox, it's like the Fox Sports had, like, a national singular cable channel. Mm-hmm. That's what Sports Channel America was. But anyway, they, they there was like this thing of like a few weeks where they're just airing old episodes of South Atlantic, which was was it Paul Jones that on that? Hmm. Not uh, sure. I remember all the wrestlers though, because Manny Fernandez was there. Yeah, but um, they aired a few episodes, and I remember one with uh, one with Ricky, band Ricky Steamboat because he was there for a cup of coffee. And I, that reminds me, I really need to get the table Ricky Steamboat for Robert Fuller. But, uh, yeah, yeah Color, the Tonka, the Nasties, all those guys. Uh, the the Pitbulls. Uh, yeah, John the American Stud. Pitbull Dogs. Yep. John Studd, who may have actually died by the point that they aired it. but uh, uh, Oh, Vince Young, of course. Ralph's favorite wrestler. <laughs> what? I don't get why you don't like Vince Young, though. I like Vince Young. Vince Young is decent. I like him a lot. I mean, he was Mark Young, too. Uh, he was Private Young, too, in uh, Continental, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put over Sid Vicious like a fiend. He was, he was honestly, he, I got I got to be a fan of his, because he, uh, he begot Jack Evans to a degree. Great <laughs> shit, so. Yeah, but, uh, he was the first break dancing wrestler, unless you don't count Norval Austin and uh, Coco Ware. No, but also, oh, wait, have you never seen the video, the Butch Reed video from Mid-South, where Michael Watts is break dancing? I wish I did. No, I never yeah. saw that. That's yeah, crazy. I gotta find that. Yeah, there's like this Butch Reed video. I think it might be all of the last kids are breakdancing. Christ <laughs> almighty. And uh, the late ICW, which I remember also, uh, they showed back up on Sports Channel New York, and uh, there was this one episode that will live in my mind forever, and I hate that my cousin taped over it at some point, because, okay, they had a video promoting Sabu coming in, and I don't know if he ever wrestled a match for them. Wow. Well, if Onita was there, that explains that. And it was also, it was, well, no, this was years later, though, but this was like, 94, and there's oh, okay. this video of Sabu doing all of his crazy Sabu stuff, best of the world class. <laughs> oh, well, if Taz was there, that's sad. Yeah, Taz probably got him in. Yeah, but there was, uh, yeah, well, actually, yeah, Taz was there at this point, and there was, like, this match, I think it was, like, Taz and Sullivan, maybe, against Dreamer and someone, and they used a glass bottle. And then, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, this is like end of August or beginning of September 94. Then Tony Rumble cut the promo on ECW disrespecting the NWA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, that is, that's making some sense now. I do remember and, that. Uh, there, and then there was the video for the Candyman. Not Brad Armstrong. Some guy wearing, like, if you've ever seen the Jerry Estrada outfit, where oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, wearing, yeah. like, the ridiculous red and white tassels, basically some white guy wearing that and being called the Candyman. Mm. Horrible. So it's so it's this guy coming out to this it's this video set to the man song, and it's like he, and he appeared to actually have wrestled in ICW. Unlike Sabu, this guy's debut was being built up with stuff that already happened. Hmm. Candyman. So, uh, there was that. Candyman. And, uh, I'm trying to think. I, I want to make sure I don't miss anything because uh, ICW. Uh, the, the thing was, you have to keep like in mind that you never knew what you would watch. I mean, never knew what you would see when you watched ICW, especially yeah. when they were doing the fifth anniversary shows, which were all oh, the rerun right. stuff. 
And, you know, this was so cool as a little kid because I'm able to see all this old stuff I've never seen before. So I'm, mm-hmm. like, seeing, like, the sheep herders in Southwest or, oh, yeah. the uh, you know, or Lex Luger in Florida and uh, just all Just this- having Sports Channel, dude, like, you, you had it all. I mean, Sports Channel had tons of great obscure shit. Like, yeah. I didn't have it. I wouldn't yeah. Yeah, Sports Channel. Here we had like uh, Sunshine the AWA. They had the AWA syndicated show. I think the World Class syndicated show or USWA, whichever it was by then, was on there. But yeah, and uh, actually, I was reading up, and ICW actually was on national cable at one point on Tempo, which was the satellite network that existed in like the '80s. It used to be Satellite Program Network, but they aired like tons of different wrestling shows. They even aired freaking All Japan Women in English. Wow! Like, you know what? If I could watch NWF back in 1987, I could definitely believe that ICW had pretty a uh, national. Uh, yeah, yeah, but um, oh, but Tempo and they had ICW and also SNN Score had a bunch of wrestling. And of course, the NBC, yes. NBC bought both of them to get satellites for CNBC to get cover all the cable coverage. Plus, also FNN was a competitor to CNBC, and that that was sad though. But I even, like, have these vague memories as a little kid of watching All Japan Women. Wow. Hmm. No, they had all this stuff. They had, you know, they had, like, San Antonio stuff. They had, there was one period where they aired, like, uh, old Houston stuff. They had the Bob Luce AWA film show. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Yeah. we we only had, like, ESPN. My town didn't even have TBS until, like, the 90s. (laughs) We had, what else we had? We had, like... I don't know. We had a USA, obviously. USA was cool, and USA... No, wait. ESPN with AWA when the Long Riders were around was, like, the coolest shit ever. That's not all we had. And I found NWF by accident, just because I saw DC, Mad Dog, Drake, and Larry Winters. I was like, yes. I saw them live, and they were pretty entertaining. Was yeah, Addy I, ever in a ICW? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's on the DVDs, uh, managed by Jonathan Boyd. Oh, wait, was he there in, like, 1986 and 87, or was he on the early WWC shit? Oh, because like, Brody was there, and Gary Hart was there for a time, so I figured he would have to be. I thought just Donovan Boyd managing Abby was awesome. I can't believe I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, uh Boyd. Donovan Boyd is, like, the best unheralded talker in the history of wrestling. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. a good writer if he really wrote that column for Wrestling's New Year Magazine. That was, like, my favorite... <laughs> heel wrestling column ever if he actually wrote it. Like, hey, you bloody yank, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. And I love the story about how Jonathan Boyd, because he'd do anything to get heat, once ended a promo and this guy edited it off TV by saying, and I hope all your babies die. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Tremendous. He just one-upped Ox Baker real quick. Damn. Ox Baker doesn't want you a drunk drive. No, he doesn't. But he'll kill people in 37 different countries. So. Oh, yeah. yeah That's not America. we got DUI laws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ITW, I think, still exists in some form. Like, the Savolti do something. Like, they really? have their tape library, because they ended up buying the global and USWA stuff. Yeah. So all those yeah, DVDs you see are you know, Savolti. And, you know, they have Brian Webster, who was an ITW announcer. He does all the stuff with them. And they, I have my just, fingers crossed that there's, like, a... 45-year-old Donna somewhere in Secaucus right now doing voiceovers. <laughs> hey, yeah. guys, don't watch Monday. Watch on Wednesday. Mario <laughs> died, but we're going to be good anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Atlas, oh. why did you go out with April Hunter? 
She rules. <laughs> Everyone, if you don't, you listen to this and you don't YouTube Donna, and even if she, <laughs> hell no, she's out there. She might not even be on there, but maybe someone named Donna will be, and she'll be funny also because it's awesome. Donna rules. Yeah, I wish first, Paul Lee, Paul Lee was there, man. He should have gotten Donna so fast for ECW. Donna is so much better than Angel Amoroso ever was. Angel the Virgin Princess. Okay, well, Angel the Virgin Princess rocks. That was hilarious. But, like, Uh, I don't know. I think Donna interviewing Jason the Terrible would have been equally entertaining. And uh, Volby's ends up doing the uh, syndication in the U.S. for IWA Puerto Rico and then WWC again. Yeah, he did. Okay. And they still have the same mailing address in Parsippany, New Jersey. Interesting. Yes, which uh, I keep I keep saying thinking I should call like what's of old dear Brian Webster to try to do a podcast with them and just ask them yeah. everything possible about ICW. Like, why did you exist? Wow. <laughs> yeah, interview Joseph Aldi so he can listen to this show and come and beat my ass. Is he from Parsippany or what's the name of that town? Parsippany. Okay, that as a kid alone made me want to hate Joseph Aldi. Try to read the name of his town. I was like, what a pussy! I'm like, come on. <laughs> Let's go for a real town like Trenton, bitch. But, uh, I don't know. I need to, um, I know. Jumpin' Joe. Jumpin' oh, yeah. Joe. On the Crazy Max trading board, like, a couple months ago, there's this guy who's, like, a Ricky O associate. Mm-hmm. Who, oh, hmm. yeah, who said that he had just been at the Savaldi's headquarters and seen the Savaldi. But he didn't answer any questions people asked after that. He just did that one post, and nothing came of it. Yeah. He said the small studio doing stuff. But he claimed that they have, like, 60s and 70s Boston WWF house shows and the world-class Israeli tour. And if it exists, and they're going to put it out, that's all. That's what I was just going to say. I did the world-class really go to Israel? I never know. The oh, yeah, they did. All right. That's where, that's where Mike destroyed his shoulder and, like, got the tampon infection. Oh, all right, all right. Something interesting about that also. I can't believe okay. we got that infection up. But yeah, uh, some also that happened there. They had a cartoon, didn't they? Who? Didn't the Von Erichs supposedly have a cartoon? <laughs> what? It's Israel. I never heard this. <laughs> wow. I was hoping you'd tell me, yes, they did. It's on YouTube. But no, I guess maybe they didn't. But maybe that was a gimmick. But I remember Kevin Von Erich in a promo in the 80s was like, and we're all really big stars in Israel, and we have a cartoon there. Cause I guess that was when Rock and Wrestling was out, so they had to one-up that shit. Oh, they had to have their cartoon when no one could see it. I'll tell you so what, you if there was a Von Erich cartoon... <laughs> I can't even fathom... <laughs> Dude, oh, imagine how hilarious card? that would be. That'd be great. They'd throw cats wow. into, like, fans. <laughs> I don't... Uh-oh, I think they just fight crime. not waking up. Oh. Gotta flush the down the toilet. <laughs> oh, we're so all going to hell. That's great. But yeah, I, oh, I think they'd man. have a lot of fun stuff. Oh, damn it, Kevin. The only reason you're not dead is because you're not as brave as your brother. Oh, man. Oh, man. I love the Von Erichs. Or be like uh, Lil Von Erich, you know, like the... A little, yeah. Yeah, sort of like, you know, the Flintstone kids, and Fritz would be like giving Lil Carrie steroids. <laughs> oh, he's like... He's Come like, on, kid, we need that shot put title. I know, he's like, Michael Hayes is faster than me in the big raids, and Fritz is like, well, take these, this will help. <laughs> what a great idea. I almost want to become a cartoonist to make this shit happen. That's awesome. Yeah, I wish that, the, I wish that, I don't think there are any tapes of it, but didn't Big Daddy have a cartoon in England? Wow. Sure he did. Yeah, 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 I'd actually like to see that, too, because I think Big Daddy's fucking funny. Yeah. I, I, honestly, if fat guys run around with kids, <laughs> if I had to pick my favorite, it'd be Big Daddy. <laughs> well, he had a lot to choose from on these DVDs. <laughs> you know, I've never seen yeah. the Tiger Man's cartoon, though. Yeah, but 
I always got confused in the translation, though. It's one of those things. <laughs> one thing that I absolutely want to see, but I've never been able to find, the original Giant Baba cartoon. Hmm. I've seen photos. Well, I have no. I have. I was. I eventually got from someone to buy me on Yahoo Japan Auctions a later Giant Baba anime full-length feature, direct to video or something. Holy really? Shit. Which is what was which the plot? Pretty awesome, but I, I want to see what the original was like, where he hmm. where he like kills a man with a flaming chop, and he befriends oh. a puppy who's been killed, and okay. But apparently, right. there's like one copy that's ever been. So horrible that it couldn't be dubbed. Huh. Well, all I got to say is we're looking for Baba Chops on fire. If anyone's listening and there is a Von Erich cartoon <laughs> yes. exist, in existence, hit us up. We need to see that immediately. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it had to have happened. Because Kevin wouldn't lie. Oh, no. Oh, oh hell wait. no. Yeah. yeah. As long as we're going off on tangents, though. <laughs> Speaking of Israel, have either of you guys ever seen the Israeli pro wrestling? No. Is Joshua Ben Ryan on there? Sorry, Joshua Ben Gurion. No. No, oh, that guy too. Israeli Pro Wrestling Association, which is like these self-trained guys, and somehow they got this national cable deal where they all called Makat Medina, where they do all these ridiculous gimmicks. There's the wow. Palestinian terrorist and a Ooh. rabbi. And okay, wait, 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 wait. Someone linked that somewhere. I did see something like that. You're right. Yeah. I saw it somewhere on board, and I I kind of watched it for at least five minutes and left. Yeah. Wow. You take wrestling to different places, and it just shows what a wonderful world we live in. Sure. I like to see Ethiopian wrestling. Kendall yeah. Lennon would be the super heavyweight champion. He'd <laughs> be tremendous. Although, you I know what? Some people will tell you Sam Houston wasn't fat in 1985. But they're mm-hmm. sadly mistaken. Well, Sam, Sam Houston gained weight when it's a global, though. Oh, Sam Houston gained was big weight. by, like, 1987. But I'm saying in 1985, that dude well, was yeah. twig thin. You can't compare him to Punk at that point. That dude yeah. was fucking... Why? all over the world. I want, to see, I want to see the Glamour Girls winning the WWF Women's Tag Titles in Egypt, allegedly. Yeah, really. Against Norio Tateno and Itsuki Yamazaki. No, this was before, no, this was before the Jumping Mom Angels. I forget that they won the oh, titles okay. from, like, uh, Princess Victoria and Velvet McIntyre. Yeah, so huh. well, Velvet McIntyre's involved. It's required to. We can sure. only hope for Donna Christianello to make a case. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Uh, how obscure are the women's references on this show? Should we just, just go off on a tangent about uh, wild women of wrestling from Howard Brody? <laughs> oh, sure, yo, honestly, if Joe's show was sticking around, we'd totally have a glow show. Yeah, the thing oh, was, yeah, like, I wanted to, yeah, is this, is it, yeah, Joe, is this the last one? Uh, last one we're probably going to do, uh, yeah, but, but we can we can move over to your podcast. Yeah, so. I think we got to do that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll wait. So shows. we're going out with this one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I feel special now. I should have I should have been more animated. Nah, oh. you can still be animated. Okay, yeah, this is still the big final episode. This isn't the final final episode. You can tell your Brian Adia joke. Just use the word allegedly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then I'll throw the word allegedly in five times. But yeah, okay, that's good. But yeah, as long as you're still having a couple more. Who's the last guest? Do you have any idea? I have no clue what I'm going to do. I'm gonna oh get man. Get blown up in a limo. I got to think of something. Get Nate Webb on, man. <laughs> Works the magic. I love that guy. He's hilarious. Does Nate Webb even like exist in the world? Besides midgets. I don't know, man. I hear he likes hanging around midgets, so if there's yeah. any midgets around, or little people, it's supposed to be said. Huh. But yeah, he's making a lot of money doing ring announcing for the midget wrestling troupe. Yeah, I think he's like the booker, and he does the match. <laughs> yeah, man, he's making a lot of money on those 
apparently those bloody midget shows are like a gold mine. Yeah, right. that's, that's the word out there. I don't understand that. I mean, I had a Mark mask Cuban was like the money market too. Line up for that shit. Wow. Yeah, but Mark Cuban was like their money market at some point. Jesus. Wow. I never knew that. Yeah. They were on. They had like a show on HDNet, and really, I heard the story from someone who was on one of the shows about how like Mark Cuban idolized Puppet. Mark Cuban is a money mark for bloody midgets. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I've never heard that. That's really cool. Good for him. It's like how Rick Rubin was the money mark for Smokey Mouth. I was just going to say the same fucking thing. That's so random. Like how it just does not compute. Like, okay, Rick Rubin, who, like, grew up a town over from me, and he's, like, he was the money mark behind Smokey Mountain. Yeah. The guy who, like, helped... Get rap music off the ground. And Danzig and all like, that shit. Danzig's yeah. the guy that actually and produced that Slayer. shit. Glenn Danzig was on a radio show and he fucked up and said, Yeah, my uh, record company owner, you know, he owns, you know, this wrestling outfit in Tennessee. And I think Cornette flipped shit about that. But Oops. Thanks, Glenn Danzig. Glenn, Dag- Glenn, Dag- Glenn Danzig makes me wonder, though, if Island Records had a wellness policy. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure they didn't. Someone sick the feds on them, baby. Have you ever seen the live video for Mother? Uh, yeah, no. I believe I did. I think that's the only one. That oh exists. yeah. Where it's like, if you've seen like how Johnny Divine looks now, like the same sort of physique. <laughs> Johnny Divine. That's what Glenn. That, that's what Glenn Danzig looks. Like. Yeah, I can't even wow. say his fucking name either. So I always think of John Zandig after I've been poisoned by that. John Zandig. John yeah, Danzig, Zandig. Yeah, let's just keep going off on tangents so the show never ends and don't ever end. <laughs> yeah, some people are putting guns to their head by minute 84. But, uh, or hitting the stop button. Or <laughs> like, minute shit, 90. He was on a rant again. He's talking about sleeping bags. Yeah. Hey, remember when Zandig uh, was in WXO? Wow. WXO. Yeah. yeah, he was in WXO with Eric Watt. Hey, why don't we talk about WXO since it was only on for three weeks? I never saw WXL, no, but I'll let WXL, you. Uh, did you, Rob? No, I never did. I never saw it either. Was that the Christian rap? Christian? No, this was the. Well, it was like the thing with uh, Stan Lane and Chris doing the commentary, and the last show with Stan Lane attacked in the back, and nothing ever. And that was it. Yeah, man. I don't know about this. That's news to me. Is Ted DiBiase no. involved? Yeah, Ted DiBiase was like the commissioner or something. Okay, that's all I know about. It. I know Teddy's in it. And for, Wasn't uh, like Al Green in a mask with a yeah, Al Green in a mask as Al Green? All right. Wow. And he was doing a panic, but as masked Al Green. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, yeah, Adam Pierce, Tommy Rogers. It was basically all the guys that were on WCW Saturday Night during the time period, plus a bunch of random indie guys. Mm. Like he had Eric Watts teaming with Zandig. <laughs> against Tommy Rogers and Adam Pierce. Does this exist Ooh. on, like, tape and shit? Yes, I need I to find my tape it. of it. And, 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 wow. and yeah. uh, Steele and Danny Dominion t- against Frankie Lancaster and some dude. Well, so it was kind of like a Chicago indie thing. Well, no, it was in Florida, but they flew in a bunch of, like, they flew in, like, Midwest guys. and uh, Jerry Fox was on it, I'll totally buy some. It had Fake Manny Fernandez. Wow. Oh. Well, you know Fake Manny Fernandez, right? Fake Manny Fernandez. Wow. He's in yeah, WCW. Oh. But here he's doing a psycho gimmick. as <clears throat> maniac, Franny. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I'm just trying to think what was the word. And, like, Danny's a minion almost dying, getting dropped on his head by Frankie Lancaster. The thumper. Thumper. Yeah, yeah he was good. He's yeah. a world-class champion. Was he? No, he wasn't. I didn't have a world-class world champion. Didn't he team up with Eric Ambry or some shit? Maybe not. I don't know. I him an Eli the Eliminator. 
that whole weird 1987 year that is a blur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we are having fun. I, I know Rob uh, has to get going in a bit. No! Oh, sorry. The good times got to end. The good times end. Possibly for good. <laughs> oh, what about Bob Backlund wrestling tour with Naka and I don't, yeah, honestly, don't you'll get your show back up, and we'll be on five more times. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. No, because I do remember that because I had forgotten that Torch Knock was still wrestling. That. I remember that. Well, anyway, gentlemen, I want to thank you both for your contributions to the show and the other show. You're very welcome, Joe, and I hope your uh, lawsuit against Vince, no, Vince, I hope you triumph against Vixen and in his lawsuit against you over the AWA trademark. Oh, I can't wait. But um, yeah, Vix, why don't you? That was an awful yeah, no, I kind of no sold that, but uh, <laughs> what a dick! Oh, uh, I'll leave that in along with all the crack pipe and. Oh, there you Yay! go. Awesome. Good stuff. Maybe, yeah. but yeah, you better. Rob, I know there's a new uh, Death Valley Driver video review coming soon. Do you have anything? Yeah, in there, I've heard or? that. I might even write for it. Maybe. I, heard I don't that. know. We'll see. Do a review of the ICW DVD. There you go. Oh Just yeah, I, all I, the I, Just do like I, a segment by segment analysis of like. Donna and uh, Yeah, I think I really do need to write some more about Donna. She's she's captured my heart. It's not like Misty Blue style, but still a little bit. Wow. And you, I gotta say that that um that Joe has to in the description put her name Donna spelled correctly Donna. and use the name Savaldi a lot. So in case she's like Donna Savaldi and she's googling herself, eventually we hear from her and you get an email like you did from Craig, Craig Johnson about the whole bullshit. Oh, I got. Consider it done. And yeah. when you spell her name when you're doing the promo to like make people want to see this or listen to it, even uh, yep. you got to spell Donna D A W W W W W N A, maybe W at the end. Okay, that's the, way she would, that's the way she. That's the way she would like it. I bet she. Yeah, I'm would. surprised we talked about Donna without making any Brandon Baxter jokes. Yeah, similar. Uh, Rob, team beat. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, she predated she predated Brandon Baxter though. She really yeah. did. I mean, I maybe they were an item at one point, but that's neither here nor there. That's neither there nor. She never did anything as awesome though as like be a good a heel manager or have a birthday party where Mike Davis as a clown shoves his face. That we know of. That we know of. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, like, on that note, we're rapidly running out of steam. I know you're trying to filibuster, <laughs> keep this show going, but filibuster. we're going to wrap it up here. I'll be back, uh, I don't know, eventually, but head to joeversusworld.com, thecubsfan.com. Look, check out episode 49. If you like this one, we do a similar show on the history of the Global Wrestling Federation. Was this one as long? Uh, no. Yeah, we're approaching uh, 100 minutes. Yeah, There it is. I wanted to make it at least as long, even if we had to go yeah. off on a bunch of ridiculous, unrelated tangents. Yeah, we stopped the ICW stuff like a half hour ago. but Yeah, the Von Eric took a chunk out. But yeah, yeah, we did, we didn't Eric's mention guy. Vern Gagne in ICW. What was he in there? He was doing commentary on the Jimmy Snuka match. Oh. So huh. you see, remember, that, that, just to remind everyone that ICW was friendly with everyone. They aired footage for right. everyone. and. All right. Okay. On that note, I, like I think we have finish. covered everything I think we want to cover or need to cover. Yes, we did. So, uh, again, I think that's everything. You can go to deathvalleydriver.com, more from Rob. Was it davidbix.com for Bix's, uh, thing. the Bix and Span Bunch, or, or the group, I should <laughs> say. <laughs> Which is, yeah, and uh, what about your newsletter? Is that still around? Oh, that, that was a terrible <laughs> Don't oh. even ask me about that. 
All right. I mean, like, I've heard from people that actually liked it. Like, I actually just got an email before we started this from some guy who was looking at it. I'm like, I'm just thinking, just the thing is, like, you realize, though, how basically it's, uh, having a newsletter basically drove away television. Yeah. And how it seems to be, like, slowly, like, chasing at Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez's will to live. Hmm. I can see that, especially after a uh, Yes, yes. Let's end things on a happier note. Everybody, everybody needs to see Donna. Donna. Yeah, go see Donna. There you go. Yes. I'll, I'll YouTube it or you do it, but one of us has to get it done. That's right. We'll get this stuff up. You can view it, follow along at home. On that note, peace. Fix Rob. Thanks for everything. Peace out. I'll be back soon with another show, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.